back to another episode of Everybody's Got a Podcast. Today is going to be about English again, uh, and I hope you will enjoy it. You've probably read the title, so you know what this is about. However, uh, a refresher, this is going to be about how to get the most out of your English studies. I think this is a question a lot of people um, ask and a lot of people have trouble with because I think it's hard to know if you're studying in a way that's really good and beneficial for yourself. I think I think a lot of us know how to study well, and I think a lot of us have some good ideas about how to study well. Um, and I'm going to shed some light on what I think, as a teacher, uh, someone who's been doing this for five years now, what I think are, let's say, good methods for being able to learn English well, and, and some things I think you can implement into your daily life. Now, um, obviously, it really depends on your lifestyle, and I'll talk about that throughout the episode. Uh, so go ahead, you know, get some pen and paper if you're going to write this down, or just simply listen, sit back, and relax. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so let's get into this episode then. So how can you study English better? I'm going to go, I'm just, I mean, I would imagine this works for pretty much any language out there. Uh, but I teach English, and, a lot, and, and that's my big uh, field of expertise. So that's what I will be talking about today, because I, I don't want to... Um, give ideas for other languages in case it doesn't work because I don't I don't have experience with that and I don't really enjoy talking about subjects that I don't have any good experience with um, because I feel like then my opinion is just well it's kind of worthless right because I don't I don't know what I'm talking about so we're gonna talk about English with this so the first question of course the big question how can I study English better now there's three questions you need to ask yourself, and this is something I learned from a YouTube channel about fitness, actually, because I, I, I like to watch a lot of videos about fitness. And there are three questions for any goal in your life, which is, um, so where are you now? Where do you want to be? And how do you plan to get there? And those are three great questions to ask yourself, because if you write those down and you answer those three questions, I think it'll shed a lot of light onto uh, what it is that you're trying to do because then you kind of get a frame of reference about where's your start where's your goal and how do i fill out the middle in between that and, and i think this advice will work with um you know if, if you are totally new to english and you want to uh, you know, get better, you want to get up to conversational level because you want to be able to talk to people when you travel places. Or, for example, if you're an advanced student and you want to study for CAE or CPE exams, then you'll have uh, kind of a good reference on how to get there. I think you can do this and it can work for um, even just a month's practice or if you're going to be doing five years of practice. So it really just, it, it can work for anything. It depends on what you want to do and you just need to write it down yourself. So that's why I always recommend writing things down. And of course you can type it, you can do it however you want, just, just because I find the action of taking something from my brain and using my hands to write it somewhere kind of solidifies it more. It kind of makes it so it feels more concrete, right? Because you wrote it down, you feel like you really gotta commit to it. Even though, I mean, you can write down anything in life. You don't actually have to, you know, believe the things that you write down. Um, just, I, I don't know, maybe it's just a human thing. We just kind of, you know, oh, I wrote it down. That makes it official. <laughs> I don't know. That's what works for me. And that's what I do recommend to everyone. And so you can just start from there. You know, think of where you are. So same thing. Take, you know, if you're writing this down, go ahead and write it down. You know, where are you? Where do you want to be? How are you going to get there? 
the first and the second question, those are the easy questions. The third question is going to be the harder question because that involves the whole process of what you're going to be doing between now and then. So let's think about this. First of all, the big question, of course, is, you know, how much time do you have? Because time is always going to be a big thing with language learning. Now, it depends, though, on how much time you have per day, because like don't think about this in terms of one day i always say that like learning a language is kind of like fitness it's kind of like bodybuilding in a sense because if you lift weights for five hours in one day you're not going to get more benefits than working out for let's say two hours a day in a sense because for most people there's like a natural limit of how much you can do of something per day. And if you go over that, you have very much, let's say, diminishing returns or, or you're going to you're not really going to be utilizing your time and your effort as well as you can. With English, I think it's kind of the same way with learning a language is kind of the same way. If you if you study too much in one day, you just kind of overload yourself. If you do too many topics, too many vocabulary words, you're going to kind of overload yourself. Think of it more like in the same way with fitness, where it's like, if I want to be good at running, or if I want to be good at lifting weights, you lift for, let's say 30 minutes, three, you know, 30, 45 minutes, three to four times a week, right? You don't do two hours on one day, and then do nothing for five days, and then do two hours again. That's just gonna be kind of like, I don't wanna say useless, because it's not useless, but it's less effective. You're, you're, you're really concentrating all this effort onto one day when there's necessary, there's no real reason to do so. Whenever I give my students homework, I like, for example, if it's like a, a Tuesday, Thursday class, you know, I recommend that you do the homework on Wednesday because it's not like if, if I give you homework on Tuesday, if, you, if I give you homework on Thursday, do it anytime that's not today and it's not next Tuesday. Do it between then because English like fitness is something that needs to be done incrementally over time you know learning a language is not something you do all on one day and then forget about it for six days because in those six days you're going to be forgetting those things that you did if you do small amounts of practice often i think that'll be more beneficial because then you're kind of really cementing it into your brain because that's i mean if you think about it that's kind of how babies learn english or babies learn any language obviously they have to do it all at once but they're doing it every day you know i think in my, I guess, professional opinion, that I believe that doing it often is more important than doing it a lot, because you really want to make sure these things stick into your brain. Now, obviously, I said like the third question is going to be the hardest one to answer. Let's so let's think about it then. So, if you're the kind of person that has a lot of free time, in let's say throughout the day, you are free mostly because let's say you work in the afternoons then you have this time early in the morning or you have time late at night or whatever you have this big block of time then that's when i would suggest maybe taking more time but let's say doing it less strenuously you know a bit of casual practice most of the days because well and it depends on how you work too or how you study if you are somebody who travels a lot, let's say you have a lot of commuting, you go to and from school or you go to and from work, 
uh, or to and from somewhere, and you don't really get to sit at like a computer very often, or you're in public a lot, that's when I would recommend something like an audio format. For example, obviously a podcast I'm quite you know familiar with because that's what I, that's my hobby is doing podcasts. Um, I do recommend podcasts because they're quite casual to listen to. And you can get a huge array of topics. With the well, these days you can get a podcast about everything. Hence the name of the podcast. Everybody's got a podcast, you know, because you can go online if your interest is in, let's say, crime. You can listen to those true crime podcasts, or you can listen to, you know, podcasts about sport, about politics, about anything you want. You can find a podcast, uh, and you can just simply just listen to it as you go. Now with listening to podcasts a lot obviously it's a, it's a very one direction way of learning english you're just absorbing information you're not really producing your own language and that's of course where it can be a little bit tricky because language is not just simply about receiving the language but also about producing the language as well you want to be able to speak you want to be able to write and that's when you're going to have to take your own initiative into those things where of course commuting is always going to make things harder because you're spending a lot of time not really in a stable location we know trains buses the metro those are quite rattly they're kind of da -da -da -da, you know bumping around and it's it's kind of difficult to write in those situations but you can use let's say if you're typing on your phone then it's going to be a little bit more stable than writing with a pen and paper however you can you know whatever's most comfortable for you and so I always recommend if you do a lot of commuting, you know, in your car, you can just put it on the stereo. If you're in the metro or the bus or whatever, or walking around, I always listen to podcasts. Um, so it's quite easy. You just, you know, do it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts, whatever you use. Um, you can just simply load up the podcast and go. And especially if you're doing a streaming platform rather than downloading, then you can just choose whatever you want. You know, you can go from there. Or if you like music, music's also a good one for walking around because, well, I mean, like the best form of studying is going to be whatever you enjoy the most. And if music is what you enjoy the most, then that is what I will recommend. Because, you know, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not really going to learn as well as you could. So, you know, go listen to music, you know, look at the text, read it, write it, and all that stuff, all that stuff, because, you know, whatever is kind of cementing this language into your brain is going to be the best. Now, obviously, these aren't going to be as rigorous as other uh, ways of learning a language, because these are very much receptive learning. You're, you're taking in this information very casually. So you're not getting like very strong, rigorous, strict practice, but you are getting practice, you know, like with running, you know, if you run five minutes a day, that is better for your body than running zero minutes a day. Same thing with English. If you're studying English for five minutes a day, that's better than studying it for zero minutes a day. Don't have this idea of black and white style of, you know, it's either this or it's this, you know, like you can learn a little bit, you know, five is going to be better than zero, 10 is going to be better than five, 20 is going to be better than 10. And so, you know, you want to keep it at like, and that's kind of the same way. Well, if you listen to the running episode that I did, it, it's very small, consistent practice rather than simply just going for it. Because if you just go for it, and you try to study three hours a day, you know, hour and a half in, you're going to hate it. And by the time you get to it, by the time you get to the end of it, you're not going to want to study anymore. 
And that's not what you want. You want to kind of look forward to this study because if you're looking forward to it, then you're going to be more receptive to it. You know, we, of course, remember things we like more than things we don't like doing. So that's just something to think about how your day is spent. Now, if you sit a lot at home, of course, in the last year and a half, we've had coronavirus. A lot of people have been working from home. So what do I recommend with that? Of course, I will recommend something more visual if that's something you like to work with. Of course, you can listen to podcasts at home and you can watch videos on the go. Just, you know, being at home, you're going to be more focused. You know, you can sit at home. It's going to be quiet. You can just watch the screen and you can watch videos. So if you like YouTube, you know, if you like watching videos, then that'll be a great way to do it, especially if you watch educational channels, something like maybe Tom Scott or Kurzgesagt, you're going to uh, you're going to be able to watch it and you're going to sit there and just kind of focus on it. Now, same thing, another benefit from working from home is that you will have your desk with you. You'll have a table and you can write stuff down there. You'll have multifaceted practice. You're going to be able to see things. You're going to be able to listen to things and you're going to be able to write things. This is all solo practice advice, by the way. You can do it with other people. It's just that I'm talking about solo practice here. Most people study language solo. They don't really, they don't have a class that they can go to. And that's totally fine, right? It's totally fine to do that. So commuting, of course, is going to be more uh, auditory, whereas sitting at home or being at home is going to be more visual. Now, something I do recommend also in between all of that is always going to be writing and speaking if you can, because I think that not just simply listening to the language is it's I mean, it's good, but it's not, I would say, enough if you really want to um, bolster your English practice, if you want to make it really good. So it, it's going to be a lot of language reception. It's also going to be a lot of language production as well. So you want to write stuff, you know. And it can be anything if you, if you just simply like if you think of a grammar topic or a vocabulary word that you want to use, you can you can write that, that. I know it sounds weird, but like it's not illegal to just simply write stuff down or or just say stuff out loud. You know, like if you want to practice second conditional and you don't know how to do it, you know, you can look up the rules for it and you can just simply write it down on a piece of paper, just like you did in school, right? I know obviously nobody really wants to go back to that style of just simply writing something down. But if that's, you know, because that's what helps me. If I need to remember stuff, I always like to write it down. I use a lot of Google documents for this and I just write stuff down. Um, as I said, it's not illegal to do so. And, you know, if you want to practice it, just write it down. Just say it out loud. Um, because like th there's a lot to do when you're studying a language it's not an easy task it's not something that's going to come quick and it is something that's going to take a lot of effort so you really have to think about how you do it of course now there are also the people which i would think are probably the majority of people who have a very mixed lifestyle of you know you're, you're commuting some and you're staying home some best thing to do just simply mix it just simply mix it watch some videos write it down try to remember it listen to podcasts while you're out on the go um, write stuff down speak if you can speaking of course is I think a bigger question as well because you know if you're studying alone how do you speak with other people so let's let's focus away from you know what studying styles you can do and let's talk about speaking for a little bit because 
speaking is always the one where people i mean obviously you need kind of another person to be able to speak sort of because well let, let's talk about the ways we can speak first so let's talk about this first so uh, one way a lot of people do with speaking is that a lot of people use online speaking clubs you just simply find these people online and uh, i think some people pay for it or you can probably maybe find it for free if it's just like hobbyists um, but sometimes you do find schools who do speaking clubs online. You can just, you can join them. Uh, oftentimes they aren't that expensive. I know a lot of schools will do it like five, the equivalent of about $5 a lesson uh, or $10 depending on what school you go through. Um, but they, they really shouldn't be that more, more than that. Um, so you'll just have to convert that into your local currency. In Russia, that should be anywhere I would say between 300 to 800 rubles if you're paying more than that i would say you're probably getting scammed maybe not scammed but they're charging you too much if you're paying more than like the equivalent of like 10 dollars or 800 rubles for a single speaking club because it's just simply you being there and speaking with people there's not like a lesson that's being planned um it's just talking with people Speaking clubs are good, and that'll be uh, in real life. A lot of a lot of schools do it in real life. Um, the school I work with does it in real life. Uh, we also have online speaking clubs that people do. Uh, I don't do any of them. I have too many classes, <laughs> like just regular classes that I have to teach. Um, so I don't really have the time to do all those speaking clubs. But some people do. I, I do recommend a speaking club because you do you just get like a group of people who who their sole interest is speaking to practice English. And that's why everybody's there and everybody has this agreement. They're like, yeah, that's what we're doing. So let's do that, you know? And so you get a lot of nice people there. And I do recommend speaking clubs. Now, if you can't do that, and let's say you're more of a gamer type, for example, you like playing games. Um, some people will, you know, play a game like an, an MMO, like World of Warcraft or something like that, or or whatever MMO that you play, Guild Wars 2 or Final Fantasy 14 or whatever. You know, you can play those because speaking is an integral part of those games. And you have this time where you're kind of forced to speak English to communicate with other players to be able to play the game with them. You know, you can make friends or if you're doing raids or dungeons or something like that. You know, you're kind of in this situation where it's it's almost like real life where you have a situation that is dependent on you communicating your ideas in English. And it could be a bit stressful, of course, because, you know, maybe there's some people on there who've been studying English or, or native speakers. You know, they've been doing English a lot longer than you. And perhaps maybe they aren't even that nice about the fact that, you know, maybe if you make a mistake, they won't be nice about it. So what? Ignore them. They're just, eh, we don't need those kind of people. So I do recommend any situation where it's going to kind of put the pressure on you to speak English. So online games are great for that. Or let's say, for example, you play Xbox Live or PlayStation Live or uh, Nintendo, whatever they call it, live. <laughs> I don't know. Um, where you are having to communicate with people to kind of play the game, to kind of, you know, do group tasks or whatever it is that people do. Um, and that's how, I mean, I've met lots of people who have learned English by playing online games. And, and I find that my students who do play online games and, and communicate with people online do really well in class because they're motivated to learn. They have like a good reason to do so. You know, for example, if you have friends on those games and, you know, you want to become more 
if you want to if you want to become better friends with them there we go i can't speak english apparently uh, if you want to become better friends with them then of course it would behoove you it'd be good for you to know english better so therefore you have like a good reason as to study english you know why you would want to study english so it, it gives you practice and motivation which i think is fantastic um you can also just i mean this one's gonna sound a bit crazy you can like as i said earlier it's not illegal to just simply speak out loud uh, like i recommend doing this at home um you know you can just simply speak to your coffee cup you can just simply speak to a poster um i used to when I was in school, I would speak to my cat, not in like a lonely way or like, um, you know, just kind of like a, a practicing English type of way. It was just simply like if I was studying homework and I didn't know what to do, I would just turn to my cat and I would say like, what do you think, cat? What do you think? You know, and it would just it, it, like I didn't obviously think the cat was going to speak to me, but it gave me a face to look at when I, while I spoke and it kind of gave me time to think about things because it provides that natural like social timing to you where you know you can look at a face and you can look at another object and kind of your brain almost expects a conversation and and when conversation obviously doesn't happen because cats don't speak uh, at all i was going to say english but they don't speak at all then you know you have that time to just start thinking of things and it kind of provides you almost like a fake social situation um, now, obviously, my experience with 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 cats, um, you can like you can speak to anything. I know it sounds weird, and you might look crazy, and and maybe that will help. Maybe uh, like just knowing how crazy or how silly you look will provide you more concentration on what you're trying to say, and therefore make give you more like a, more of a concentrated effort on being able to speak English. So maybe that'll help in some weird type of way. Okay. So I've already talked about two big mediums here. I've talked about listening and I've talked about speaking and I've talked about uh, watching stuff as well. We'll count, vi we'll count visual and auditory. So listening and watching, we'll count that as kind of media consumption. Now you might be, have been screaming at me this entire episode. What about books? What about reading? Reading's great, obviously it's great. I recommend reading to everyone because the great thing about reading is that like it provides you with a very intimate experience with the language with the other ones with listening to music and podcasts and videos i think we've all had those experiences where we have just been listening to something and we realize for the last two or three minutes we haven't been paying attention and i think that's where reading uh surpasses the other ones because with reading it's very much a concentrated effort you are focusing on the words in the book you're focusing on the words of the things that you're doing and therefore you are having a really concentrated effort on the language that you're consuming and it provides you a time and the thing also with videos and podcasts is of course if you want to stop it you have to you know pull out your phone or your computer or whatever and hit stop and then kind of you have to hopefully scroll back to where it was where for example if there was something that you uh, wanted to go back over whereas with reading if you find a word in there you can highlight it with a highlighter or you can just simply stop put your finger on it and you can just simply look at it there and you'll see the spelling of it now the downside to this of course is you won't have the pronunciation so for example if you don't know how to say the word then that's where reading might fall a little bit short but 
reading is a great way to learn English because, or any language, because like I said, you have a very intimate conversation, I guess, um, with being able to just kind of see the language there, see the constructions, you know, for example, if you see an interesting construction, you can highlight that and you can Google it and you have, you know, you can really see the language that's being used here. So it gives you um, kind of more of an opportunity to really focus on the language that you see. Now, those are just books. Any type of reading will be good. Any type of language consumption will be good. It depends on your level, though. So, for example, if you're a C1 learner of English, then, you know, reading, let's say, some sort of easy magazine, some, some sort of teenage kids magazine that you just found at the dentist office, that's not going to help you very much. It's going to be kind of under your level, you know. If you're C1 and you're reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar, then, yeah. It obviously it won't be that good for you but I mean that's the same with anything if you're on if you're performing under level you're not going to be practicing you know and so uh, definitely find something that's related to your level you don't want to miss out on good English practice just simply because of let's say a fear of failure now that's the biggest thing I think in terms of studying English is the fear of failure a lot of people have this idea that you know oh I'm not going to be able to speak perfectly well don't let perfect stop you from being good it's better to be good often than it is to be perfect rarely you need to be practicing a lot you need to be really practicing this and you need to be studying it with a concentrated effort and you need to be good at it now how do you be good at studying english well you just simply learn more than you did last time if you need to know words learn more words and practice those and implement them if you learn a new word and you wonder how can I use it in a sentence, look it up. Then make your own sentence with it. You know, for example, if I give you the word behoove, to behoove some, to be, let's say, to behoove oneself to do something, right? If I say it would behoove you to pick up a new book, you go, hmm, I haven't heard this word before. Behoove, what does that mean? I'll Google it. Oh, okay. So it would mean it, it's a good idea. It would help you. You know, it's suggested for you to do this. And then you go, okay. Well, let's see, how could I use it in a sentence? Um, it would behoove my mom to, uh, let's say, get a new book for my sister because my sister likes books and she has been sad recently. And there you go, you've produced your own sentence using the word and you kind of, you know, you made it yourself. I find making stuff yourself is always going to be a great way of practicing English, whether it be through speaking, whether it be through writing, because you, like, you had a very big hand in creating that, and you were correcting yourself as you were making it, you were making sure that you made it correctly, um, and it is just a great way of making in practicing English, because it's a really big effort into it. That's why I make my students speak as often as I can, because then, well, one, then they don't have a fear of speaking because everybody speaks all the time. And, but I, I also make sure that people practice before they get to speak. I don't like to make people speak in situations where um, it really puts them on the spot because one, that's not fair. Two, that's very nerve wracking. And three, that doesn't help uh, if I'm making students speak in situations where they're uncomfortable. So, you know, uh, anyways, back to reading. Uh, so they can also be like reading could just simply be more relaxing if you enjoy books. 
Uh, some people enjoy books and they don't enjoy watching videos on YouTube or they don't enjoy listening to podcasts, and that's totally fine. Just pick yourself a book and read it and enjoy it. Don't worry about studying every single word if that's not what you're looking for. If you're looking for new vocabulary, of course, you can do that. But if you're going to be reading a book just to raise your level in general, I would say just, just read the book. You know, if you don't know the word, but you understand the sentence, then just keep going. You know, just keep going. Because if you spend forever translating every single word, you're not going to enjoy the book. You're just going to be studying the words. And at that point, are like, like if you're not having fun, then it's just going to be harder, you know? And uh, like, now you might also be thinking though, like, you know, wh why do I need to do all of this? Because as you may have noticed, as I said, watching is great, listening's great, reading's great, writing's great, speaking's great. And you might be thinking, well, is anything bad? You know, there's a few things bad. We'll, we'll get to those in a second. But the main point is that practice is good. More practice is better than less practice. And if you are just simply kind of going through everything often, you'll be doing five minutes of this and that here and there, then you'll be there in no time. You're going to be living the next two or three years anyways, you know, most people will. Um, and if you know if you're going to be around and you want to study english why not just start now just do a little bit you know do some every single day and i promise you you'll be very surprised at how much you learn in the next couple of months or years because well you're going to be doing it anyways you know if you're going to be here in five years either you're going to know english or you're not going to know english so go ahead and just simply start practicing um now what would i avoid doing in terms of studying English. I would avoid large translations. I would avoid repetitive things. So let's start with, mm, let's start with large translations. Uh, because I find large translations to be, I mean, you can learn from them. I'm not, I'm not gonna say you can't learn from them, but it's a lot of effort for what you get out of it. You're putting in a lot of effort to translate things that you already know, and you're not really getting a big opportunity to practice the words that you don't know um it's like i remember having to do a little bit of stuff like that in school and it's like most people aren't at the level of being able to translate large paragraphs yet and therefore it's a very daunting task because it's big too you look at it and you think how am i going to translate all of that how am I going to translate this entire paragraph? Well, of course, you know, you just do it sentence by sentence if you break it down. But it's kind of boring, isn't it? It's really boring. It's really repetitive. And we'll tie this into the repetitive tasks. Like, if you just go through and translate sentence by sentence, you're not really going to be putting in a good effort for each sentence. You just want to do as, as, as much as you can to get the sentence done and nothing more because most people don't want to put in the massive effort. You know, most people want to put in enough effort. And if you just put in enough effort, you're not really going to get the benefit out of a large translation. And therefore, it, you're kind of wasting your time. Same thing with doing repetitive tasks. If you just write the same sentences over and over and over, you know, if you think, why do I have to do all that? Why can't I just write sentences or speak? Because eventually you get to the point where like, I think everyone's experiences where your brain goes from 
like active mode and you go into um let's call it autopilot mode and you don't really focus on what you're doing anymore you're just kind of subconsciously producing this language you're not putting in a good effort to learn the language you're just kind of writing stuff that you already know and i guess it helps a little bit but it's not the best use of your time your brain's going to go into autopilot mode and you're not going to learn enough from it so to sum all this up think about how your lifestyle is you know think about where you are what you're doing so again the three questions where are you now where do you want to be and how are you going to get there so think of the different styles you know if, if you have lots of time to listen to stuff listen to stuff if you've got time to watch stuff watch stuff if you've got time to do everything do everything but as i said before five minutes a day is better than zero minutes a day and 10 is better than five 20 is better than 10 but i would say don't do two hours a day because you're just going to overload yourself do as much as you feel comfortable doing as often as you can and with that you'll be able to practice to your content as often as you like and you'll be able to learn more i almost guarantee you now it's not the same for everyone everybody learns in slightly different ways or or you you know you kind of have your own preferences but i would say you know do as much as you can as often as you can without doing too much now you you may be thinking how do i know how much is too much you'll you'll know you'll know you'll get to a point where you'll think oh, god this is boring i don't want to do this and at that point you know maybe do five minutes more and then stop you know but if you're getting to the point where you dread doing this every day think about how often you do it maybe you do it too often you know maybe try instead of 15 minutes a day every day try 30 minutes a day every other day or 30 minutes a day every three days you know like do as much as you can as often as you can you know if you enjoy doing an hour every single day then you can i think you can so just find what suits you the best anyways i hope this will help you to practice english a lot more i know a lot of people who do this who listen to this podcast are looking to practice their english and i hope you're able to get some tips out of it um if you have any other questions of course feel free to write to me it's uh, on the youtube channel of course you can write in the comments uh if you listen to it on podcasts i have put my instagram uh the 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 podcast's instagram in a lot of links in there so you can find it there uh, so if you have any questions, just simply write to me and I'll, I'll answer them as best as I can. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it, share it with your friends. Uh, I hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week, wonderful month. Thank you again and goodbye.